0: This is Block by Block, a community news program from WPPM LP Philadelphia, 106.5 FM, where we explore issues affecting the Philadelphia area with news reports from members of the community. I'm Connie Kahm.
1: And I'm E. Marie Lambert. In the next half hour, We'll hear stories from our community news reporters about a Shark Tank style pitch contest for young entrepreneurs, a breast cancer awareness walk, Day of the Dead, and next week's election. But first, in a city that has
0: grappled with the pressing issue of gun violence, there are some people who refuse to stand by idly. Block by Block reporter Rashid Ajamu spoke with organizers Jamel Johnson and Muzi Kasher from Philadelphia Truce. They've been part of a 77-night campaign called Operation Hug the Block. The goal is to bring attention to the 77 blocks most affected by gun violence in Philadelphia ahead of the November 7th election.
2: Jamal Johnson is no stranger to the streets of Philadelphia. He's been a driving force from hunger strikes to organizing gatherings at shooting sites and leading an annual 150-mile walk to Washington, D.C. since 2017. His dedication to seeing Philadelphia unaffected by gun violence was an influential factor in helping to launch Operation Hug the Block.
3: What it is is we're trying to do something to try to motivate people in the community to come out and basically get back into the community, make it alive again. You know, in light of all the violence for the last few years and the fact that uh, we're being told now that there's been a downturn in homicide. So we're trying to show that people can come back out, at least in the daytime,
2: if we can be out there at nighttime. The initiative focuses on the 77 blocks most affected by gun violence. This nightly crusade seeks to reignite a sense of community, and it aims to set the tone for the city's next mayor, since they feel the current administration hasn't done enough.
3: We don't feel that the mayor, of course, the present mayor, has done enough about gun violence. And we actually just started to believe that they are starting to put it on the back burner because of the downturn of the homicides. And we don't think that we should be taking our foot off the pedal at all, because it's obvious a lot of people are still being shot, a lot of people being injured out here on the streets. So we want to try to show that
2: this is something that still needs to be followed up. Mazzee Kasher of Philly Truce adds his sentiments.
4: We don't want to get stuck at the bottom and allow the next administration to come in on this low energy Kenny vibe. We got to raise the energy and we got to raise our voices to make sure it is known that this is unacceptable and that we demand the situation be addressed,
2: period. This campaign is also about raising awareness and emphasizing the importance of prioritizing the safety and well-being of residents, especially women, children, and older adults. They want to show that community engagement can deter gun violence. While there's been a slight reduction in violence compared to last year, Philadelphia still faces significant challenge.
3: In spite of the fact that we're encouraging people to come out, we still realize we're in a gun violence epidemic in Philadelphia that should be addressed urgently, urgently by the incoming administration.
2: Over the span of 10 weeks, these dedicated individuals have been patrolling the impacted sections of the city, including Nicetown Tioga, Kensington, Alney, and Germantown. Their efforts continue through the early morning of Election Day, but they also want to inspire others to take action.
3: You know, the main thing is we need children to start coming back to some normalcy. We need people to start feeling safe again. That we're trying to set that template, And if people can come where we are at the times we come, that's great. You don't necessarily have to live where we go. You can come and be somewhere else in the city that you don't happen to live in. The main thing is we want to show community back again. We want to show that people can live a normal life. And hopefully by our presence in the streets, which has been proven over time that a presence is a deterrent. Doesn't mean it's going to stop the gun violence, but it can deter possibly some of the shooting and
2: killing that's going on out here. They're calling for community involvement, especially from the men in these neighborhoods.
4: We really, really would love for some men to come out and join this. You know, women are definitely welcome. We've had women out every night. We're definitely open to the community, but we really need for the men in these communities to really give some thought to
2: whether or not they have a role in calming things down. To learn more about this movement, you can find details on their Peace Patrol vigils and more at phillytruce.com or follow Jamal Johnson's Stop Killing Us Facebook page.
3: We want you, the community, to start it where you are and to hold each other accountable to doing that as a whole so that we can get Philadelphia back to the way it used to be.
1: A group of seniors at the West Oak Lane Senior Center took to the streets two weeks ago for a breast cancer awareness walk. They were joined by staff from the center, volunteers, and students from LaSalle College, and by -by block-by-block reporter Kathy Brown, who is director of the Senior Center. She spoke with participants, starting with program director Kevin Reagan, who organized the event.
5: So where did this idea come from to have seniors involved in cancer awareness? I
6: arrived at West Oak about four years ago, and every October they did a breast cancer awareness month, and I just suggested that we do a walk. It's just great for the seniors because it gets them outside. We were fortunate to have a really nice day, and you know, just to get them to enjoy the outside experience also.
5: Did you have a hard time getting the seniors to dress up in the pink and to actually take part in this event?
6: A lot of our people that were interested in the walk were ladies, so they were definitely joking with me, telling me I better be wearing my pink. But then uh, we also had a handful of guys also participate, so it was very nice to see. They were very great about it. They were ready to walk and get out and uh, get going.
5: So will this be an ongoing event that you'll have every year? Do you find the success is worth the work?
6: Definitely. They enjoy it. The center enjoys it. We're spreading awareness for it, and um, it's great that they can get out, and we get to walk around the neighborhood, and, you know, it just breaks up the day. It's very nice for the seniors.
5: I am now with Mr. David Powell, our in-house photographer. And, Mr. David, how did you feel about
4: it? Oh, I feel great, and I'm very honored to be a part of it. I enjoyed myself today, and I got to meet a lot of people who came to support breast cancer awareness. So it was a very exciting day for me. So a lot of smiles today, and a lot of people who was here seemed like they was enjoying themselves, which made me enjoy myself. And I thought it was a great, great day.
5: My name is Patricia Whitaker McCutcheon, and I'm a member of the West Oak Lane Senior Center. I am on the advisory council board. And I love coming here. First of all, I've been coming here over 20 years, and I like the interaction that we have with each other. And it really keeps us functioning and our mind. And the walk was awesome today. I made it around the block.
7: <laughs> My name is Terry Branch, and I, I love, love the um, cancer walk. Because I mean, I didn't you know walk that far, so I thank I I, I thank the Lord Lord for the for the, for the castle wall. Thank the Lord that I was able to do it, and thank the Lord for all the older members that uh, pressed their way going to going to uh, to the walk walk because to give you a lot of energy and everybody was working together, helping other older members and everything. So I thank the Lord for that.
5: Sitting with me right now is. Are you volunteer Dana Brown II, who attended the walk with us today, and how did the walk go for you? What did you think about it? I think the walk went extremely well.
7: Not only did it overflow into the community and have people reach out for next year and want to help out, it was a really good way for our seniors to kind of get together and do something that's important for the community. And one of the things that I felt really impacted the walk the most was the turnout that we had like people really did show up and show out today and I'm very very happy about that.
5: So what made you want to be a volunteer for this particular event? Well breast
7: cancer awareness is very important to me and I just want to keep people in the loop with what's going on and keep the conversation going and never let it die out. And that if there's anything that we can do as a community in order to make things a little better, ease the suffering of anybody who needs it, as a community, that is what I'm aiming for and as a volunteer. And
5: that's why I volunteer today. The Breast Cancer Awareness Walk was by all means awesome and amazing women men staff and members alike walking today to let those who need support know that we are involved to help make a difference data show that early detection is often a major key to successful treatment and outcomes so we urge you get your mammogram support those in need and by all means hope for a cure
0: This weekend in Germantown, a group of young entrepreneurs between the ages of 8 and 15 will be pitching their business plans in front of a panel of judges. The Youth Pitch Contest will be held at Mastery Charter School's Pickett Campus on Sunday or on Saturday from 11 to 3 and also includes games, prizes, vendors, a DJ and food. My co-host, Emery Lambert, is executive director of True Way Youth Empowerment Foundation, which teamed up with another local nonprofit to organize
1: the event. Executive Director of Collaboration Over Competition, Melissa Montero, says the contest is designed to give young entrepreneurs access to a network of professionals and veteran entrepreneurs that can offer guidance, mentoring, and business skills needed to manage and scale their businesses. Can you name the competitors this year
8: and what they'll be pitching So we have TJ. He is our youngest entrepreneur and his business is called Just Keep Spinning. He says that his mom does food and clothing for the homeless, but he wants to give them an activity or something to look forward to. So his goal is to pitch fidget spinners to them so that they have something to do. And he's really excited and really passionate. So we can't wait to hear from TJ our next contestant we have is a Johnny, and he has a bow tie business. So he actually wore one of his bow ties, so we did get to see a little sneak peek of it. He will have some on the day of for purchase and pre-order. So if you guys are into bow ties, you'll be able to hear more about him. We have John Xavier and John is a actor. He is an entrepreneur. So his business really focuses on his two children's books and he does STEM projects and experiments and things like that. So he wants to create STEM boxes that he can use for his business. We then have Timothy, who is also another children's book author. He will be pitching his business, which is all about love. He experienced bullying and loss. And so his book talks about that. And he wants to take the funds to reinvest in his business, to be able to provide more books and to expand on his book and clothing merchandise. And then our last contestant, and oldest contestant, his name is Nadir. And he has athletic wear. So he focuses on youth who are injured or have to adjust with their athletic wear. Sometimes when you get an injury or a sprain or whatever, you want to make sure that you can still perform, but be comfortable in it. So he has a full business plan ready. He has also availability for everyone to see his product on a website as well. So you guys definitely have to come so you can hear more about all five of our contestants. I asked Melissa about the
1: inspiration for the pitch contest.
8: Collaboration over competition was initially started because I was a children's book author and I was trying to reach out to other people that were authors that could potentially help me. And I wasn't necessarily getting a lot of positive feedback or help from people. So me and a couple friends of mine decided to do a one-day event for women entrepreneurs, new and old alike, to come together network. And then we had so much positive feedback, we decided to launch it as a nonprofit. Just being in the industry as a children's book author, I met so many other young entrepreneurs that were children's book authors, including my two children. And just to see young people excited about business, but not necessarily knowing all of the steps to go into it. So they know you make money and then you can spend money. So after seeing so many young entrepreneurs, me and the team decided that we needed to create a space for our young entrepreneurs to get the education that they need. So we hear about youth pitch contests all the time and the opportunities that they have and you win prizes and things like that. But what we love about our youth pitch contests is that we educate the young people prior to The applicants applied
1: and were selected a few months ago. Weeks leading up to the contest, they receive a series of workshops from professionals that coach them in different aspects of pitching. This year, the entrepreneurs had a business plan workshop, which helped them develop and write down their plan if they didn't already have one. They got a financial planning and strategy workshop where they learned about investing and reinvesting in their business, how to project profits and losses, and how to develop a sustainable financial plan. The Lags Workshop was a presentation workshop. They learned how to introduce themselves, develop their elevator pitches, and how their knowledge about their business is directly tied to their ability to pitch with confidence. On Saturday, the five entrepreneurs will use the tools they were given to present their pitches to a panel of judges and an audience of family and friends. There are three prize levels.
8: For all of the contestants, they'll pitch their business and then first place winner will win five hundred dollars in cash. Woo! second place winner will win $200 in cash and then we allow the people who attend the event to vote on their fan favorite and that person will get $100. So the idea is for us to give them this cash as seed money so that they can sow back into their business and then another big prize that all of them get is with the workshops that we provided them they now have connections to all of our entrepreneurs that are in the industry so they can reach out to them for additional coaching, for information, for whatever they need. So we're giving out cash, cash, cash. And then we're also giving out education to our winners and contestants.
1: The Youth Pitch Contest seems right in line with the surge of entrepreneurs that happened during the pandemic. Many people discovered hidden talents or the ability to turn their passions into budding businesses for profit. I'm glad to see that so many of our youth have been inspired to do so and that organizations like Collaboration Over Competition and Trueway are arming them with the tools they need to sustain and be successful. For more information about the event, go to collabovercomp.org, C-O-L-L-A-B-O-V-E-R-C-O-M-P.org or check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Mexican-Americans and other people in the region are celebrating the Day of the Dead. For the third year in a row, Brujo de la Mancha is commemorating the holiday by setting up a community exhibit outside the Rotunda at 40th and Walnut Streets in West Philadelphia. Visitors can share gifts and other items to honor those who have lost their lives during the pandemic. Brujo was a member of the Block by Block team in the fall of 2022 and Block by Block's Brad Linder stopped by the Rotunda last fall while Brujo was setting up an altar, also called an ofrenda. Kitty Height was the first person to leave an offering to remember a
8: friend. I have an orange and some calendula flowers and a picture of Anthony. Anthony passed away during covid so I just, I like being able to remember him And this was, he loved fall This was like his favorite time of year So I like having an opportunity to come And like put him out there And, and
9: remind the world that he existed my name is Brujo de la Mancha, and we are here setting up in a Mexican altar, the Day of the Dead, for the people who die on the COVID 19 with the virus or not, here outside of the Rotonda. Day of the Dead, it comes from the Aztec people and some other Native American cultures. They believe the energy goes away, then it returns around this time is to remember your ancestors, your family, other important people possible. The idea of the natives of Mexico is like you don't really die, you cannot fall asleep. And that energy, when it returns, is here with us. So basically, it's to honor your ancestors, but also comes with the harvest. Basically, you know, it's around this time, too, because the way how the planet rotates, and it's more pointing to the North Pole now. And we celebrate now on November 1st, 2nd, or something like that. Ofrendas in Spanish, it comes from the way of Latin of offering, so something that you give. So an ofrenda, like an altar, means that you put something to offering for the spirits, the energy to return on this time. It's like a party. So they return, they know where to come, and they take the energy from something. Or even, you know, if you believe on this, on the spirits or something, they come over and they say, Oh, that's cool, you know? Like, that was for me, this is for me, cool, I can take it, you know? So that's the idea. So everything that you see represents some type of feeling or attachment to that concept, to that idea. So yeah, so the items here, their hats. They have the classic skull. So on old European plates. Bunch of lights. They have a skull heads and the baby items. Plastic flowers. I should buy some real ones too, but these ones, you know, last longer outside. So we have flowers. More paper flowers to put around. A cross with flowers, candles. We have the classic skull too. We will put it there. Here is the radio. Radio music is important because, you know, like you don't want to be all sad out. So you want to have some music for them. We have everything we can manage. Little ceramic, a flute, I think it still works. For the kids, when they come. This is an outdoor exhibition or ofrenda. Sometimes you have it in museums or something like that, but when it's on your house, everything should be more like real, like you really have food, you have water, you have coffee, you have tea. Things that people used to like at the time, and they want to come over and enjoy it again, you know. So on this ofrenda is open to the public; they can put anything they want. But it is important, you know, because people come over and they maybe don't even know about it, and they don't even don't even have a time, and they maybe come with idea and they put something on their house, you know, as a simple a glass of water, a candle, some salt, a picture of somebody you may remember, put some fruit. That's simple, you know. But the idea is to offer from the heart. That's the more important. It's open to the public. Anyone can come and, yeah, bring your family, bring your kids, 40th Street and Walnut here at the Rotunda.
1: This year's Ofrenda is located on the front steps of the Rotunda in West Philadelphia from tonight through Wednesday, November 8th. Tonight, tonight, there will be a theatrical piece and documentary about the immigrant experience and next Wednesday, Aztec dancing.
0: Tuesday, November 7th is Election Day and block by block reporter Kathy Brown spoke with one of the city officials responsible for overseeing the election in Philadelphia about what's on the ballot and what people need to know when they head to the polls.
4: The polls open up at 7 a.m. and they close at 8 p.m. If you are in line at 7.59 p.m., you will be eligible to vote no matter how long it takes. From City Commissioner Omar Sabir. The city commissioners are a three-member bipartisan board of elected officials, and we oversee the election functions of Philadelphia County. On the ballot, we have members of city council, the mayor, all the way up into the state Supreme Court. So it's very important, very crucial. So there is a question. It's basically asking, should we establish a permanent office for people with services with disabilities? And Philadelphia has about 16% of the population is disabled. So it's asking citizens to vote yes or no on that question. Every time we vote, that's a reflection of our commitments to our community. And policymakers look at the ballot behavior. If your ballot behavior is good, then you're going to get more services. You're going to get policies that are favorable for that neighborhood. So that's the way how we need to sort of look at that. Even if you're upset at a candidate, some people say, I'm not voting. No, every time you don't vote, you're hurting your community. So even if you don't like any of the candidates, vote on a ballot question. Say hey, yes or no. So that way, every time you register, you're saying, hey, these people that live in this community care about their community. And then other people have aspirations. Someone wants to become president, governor. They know, okay, these are the areas that are voting, and I have to do policies for that neighborhood. Just remember Philadelphia. The more we vote, the more we get. Commissioner Sabir
0: says voters who requested a mail-in ballot also have until Tuesday to return them, but they need to be received by the city by the end of the day. So if you haven't put it in the mail yet, you might want to drop it off in person between now and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And don't forget to put mail-in ballots inside the secrecy envelope that came with them and then sign, date, and seal that envelope before turning in your ballot.
4: And you can bring it to either City Hall. We one of our drop-off locations that we have located all across the city. And in addition to our drop boxes, we have mobile staff pop-up locations or on the weekends. So you can find all those locations on our website at vote.phila.gov you can find all the locations the all locations. You can find all the critical information you need to vote is on our website.
1: Block by Block is produced by Kirsten Adams, Rashid Ajamu, Kathy Brown, Barbara Martin Ellis, Brett Roman Williams and us, Connie Com, and E. Marie Lambert. Rashida Jamu is our board operator tonight. Brad Linder is radio news managing editor for WPPM. Peter Liu is radio operations manager, and Allison Durham is WPPM's radio program manager.
0: We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of Block by Block featuring more stories about issues affecting life in the Philly region. You can find past, past episodes of the show on Philly Cam SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts.
1: Thanks for listening.